UC Wealth Management, we're proud to partner with individuals, families, and foundations, ensuring possibilities become achievements. From preserving and enhancing your assets to securing your legacy for future generations, we're focused on your success. UC Bank, building business, growing wealth. Since 1868, member FDIC. Classy lady is to give her two tickets to the gun show. It's Monday Gun Day with the gun guy. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. Stop calling your arms guns. The Hammer and Nigel show. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Also joining us live in studio, Guy Relford, Second Amendment attorney and licensed firearms instructor, host of the Gun Guy Show Saturdays here on 93 WIBC. Guy, how are you? Man, I'm great. And thanks as always to our sponsor for Monday Gun Day. It's Premier Arms in Brownsburg with the largest selection of new, used, and historic firearms in the Midwest and PA Jewelers located right in the store. Check them out at 3754 South Green Street in Brownsburg or PremierArms.com. So, Guy, I read that the IMPD is going to have a community meeting to right. discuss recent shootings, recent police action shootings. There was a situation, I believe it was last week, where the body cam video was released where a suspect was getting pulled over for a traffic violation, gets out of his car, goes back into his car and grabs the firearm and then tries to make a run for it before he was shot dead. Yeah, and by the way, right in the middle of all of that, because I went back and watched that video uh, on a computer with good audio, right in the middle of that, he also says, I just got out of prison. Yes. Did you hear that? I mean, it's not easy to decipher. You really have to go through and you got to have some decent audio. I, I couldn't hear it at all on my phone, but, but I just got out of prison. And then reaches back into his vehicle uh, and grabs a gun and starts to, quote-unquote, run. He's sort of hobbling away. I guess the guy was disabled to some degree. But gun in hand. But gun in hand. And this past weekend, there was some lunatic who had a machete who was threatening to kill people. And this guy lunges at one of the SWAT team members. Charges him with the machete. And he is shot dead. Right. So what do you want to hear from the IMPD during these community meetings? Because I certainly don't think it should be, I'm sorry. No, it shouldn't be. To me, what it should be is just to lay out exactly what the standards are, what the standards are under Indiana law for the use of deadly force and self-defense or defense of the community. What it, and we went through this uh, last week about what the law says uh, of when an officer can legally and justifiably use force, including deadly force, but also what the IMPD standards are. And then, you know, because they have their own protocols that, of course, align with Indiana law. And I would go through that and then explain why it is these uh, situations aligned with not only Indiana law, but uh, IMPD protocols. And listen, I, I still say that, that, that the, the shooting of the gentleman who's running away is, is, I think, because he's got a gun in his hand and at any moment can turn around and start firing guns at, or shots at that police officer, and because he made this specific decision to reach into the vehicle and grab the gun before he started running. I mean, he's not just trying to get away. He grabbed a gun and then started running. I mean, that alone right there, before he started running, when he grabbed the gun, I would have thought the officer may have opened fire. Well, oh, right then, which, as yes. soon as he grabbed the gun. But he, he now he's 
grabbed the gun. He's run some, or hobbled, run, whatever you want to say, some distance, and then the officer shoots him. That Do I think that was justified? I think it probably was, because he made the decision to grab the gun. But it's not... It's not a clear-cut case. It's it, it is it is closer than people are are, are are talking about because he is running away and because he never did turn around and immediately threaten the officer. Does that mean the officer have to wait has to wait until the guy turns around and starts shooting at him? You wouldn't think so, right? That's why I think legally he's probably in the clear. But because he's running away and the officer shoots him in the back, then okay, then I could see you know reasonable minds differing on this. Well, in this community meeting. I think is being scheduled by IMPD because some media outlets, some TV stations in Indianapolis have simply just done the reporting. IMPD shoots man in the back as he was running away. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's 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 uh, white cop, black police officer. Right. So that's always going to get a lot of attention. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and sometimes when it has been even black police officer and black suspect, oh, yeah. it's been, you know, very one sided in terms of the reporting. So, again, one thing I don't want to hear from the IMPD is I'm sorry. I think the message has to be simple and it even has great alliterations. Um Put down the gun and don't run. Well, yeah. You do that, you will live to fight another day. Put down the gun and don't run. And in what world does anyone rationally think it's a good idea to grab your gun during a traffic stop? Or machete, for that matter. Or, yes, and charge at police officers. I mean, you know, if somebody said, Guy, knowing everything you know, if you grab your gun during a traffic stop, do you have some reasonable <laughs> expectation you're going to get shot? Yes. I would say yes every time. And, and, and listen, these officers are pulling people over all the time they don't know what's going through their mind they don't know what's going on suddenly there's a gun involved that person makes a decision to arm themselves in the middle of a traffic stop listen i i empathize with those officers 100 percent. i just think i think it's gonna be interesting to watch the the the, the one shooting and the results of that the ramifications of, of that unfold because the guy is running away and never actually turns around i could see for instance a reasonable prediction on all of this, in fact, I'll just make this my prediction, is that he's cleared legally in terms of the justifiable use of, of self-defense. He may catch some small amount of flack internally in terms of disciplinary proceedings at IMPD, and then the city of Indianapolis turns around and writes a great big old check yeah. in a settlement in a civil case. It, that scenario right there as I just laid it out it would not, not only would not surprise me I'd say that probably is the most likely outcome well, they did it with Drayshawn Reed and his family and he actually turned around and fired back at the officers before he was put down uh, yeah, they wrote him. A, they wrote his family a check, and yeah. that's so disgusting. I'm sorry. He was trying to murder a police officer, and the city of Indianapolis gave his family the money. Well, and and I represented Desjardins Mercer, the police officer, not in that civil case by any means. I wasn't involved in that, but in a separate legal issue, and uh, and I got to know Desjardins Mercer, and he's a he's a he's a true hero, and he's a true gentleman, and he did everything right in that situation. And the fact that the city of Indianapolis didn't have the to step up behind him and say, hell no, we're not writing a check when our officer did everything right is, is repugnant to me, it's disgusting to me. And that's in part because not only have I studied every second of the, of the video and, 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 and studied the details of the ISP investigation that was incredibly thorough, but, but because um, that just seems to be the, 
the 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 modus operandi of this administration. That's why that's my prediction that it happens in this other shooting. And just real quick, one more thing on this: like a law-abiding gun over gets gun owner gets pulled over, they've yeah. got their gun in their glove box or, or wherever. Yeah, gets pulled over for speeding. Do you even let the cop know that you have a gun in the car or? It, it, do you even bring that up? Well, it's a like, great. You know qu- what I mean? Like just for just for speeding, you're a law-abiding guy. You got sure, forty well, that, and a thirty-five, or in a school zone, but you yeah. have a gun in the car. That's happened to me a lot. Yeah. Because, <laughs> right, because, right. because I, I'm kind of a fast driver, and I always have a gun in the car, if not on my person or both. Um, so, first of all, Indiana law says you don't have to notify the officer. There's not a duty to disclose under Indiana law. So it's up to you. So as I teach in my classes, um, comes down to what is smart. What I've decided the best protocol is, and it's worked really, really well for me, is that when the officer says, can I have your license, registration, proof of insurance, I just take my license to carry handgun, and I put it right on top. And I don't say a word I just about it. I just hand it to the officer. And it's worked out incredibly well. You know, four or five times, just maybe an indication of how fast I drive. But, but, <laughs> but, but you know, but an officer has looked at that and said, oh, I take it there's a gun in the car. Yes, sir, there is. Where is it? It's in a holster on my hip or it's in a safe in the console and, 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 and every officer has thanked me for telling them and 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 in fact one time in Carmel after <clears throat> 72 and a 45 oh uh, lord yeah so <laughs> you're the I'm race off. guy you're not the gun guy you're the racing guy <laughs> well it was I was at a light and there was a young kid in a, in a Mustang next to me 5.0 who thought he had a fast car and I just <laughs> I felt compelled to point out to him that he didn't really have a he fast car he called you chicken didn't he yeah, that's what happened so I, I'm sorry I, that was on at that point but <laughs> I got as I left him in the dust. Yeah, uh, uh, I got I got pulled over. In fact, my radar detector just went. They went, okay, that's it. I'm I'm done. I just pulled over, and the officer walked over, and he was kind of chuckling because he didn't have to turn his lights on. I just pulled over, <laughs> and, uh, and and he walked up, and I did just what we talked about, and I, I I put my license to carry handgun right on top and handed it to him, and he chuckled. He goes, I I take it there's a gun in the car, and I said, yes sir, there is, and uh, he said, I'll make you a deal, and I said. Yeah, what's that? And he goes, you don't touch yours, I won't touch mine. And I, went, I, I like that deal. <laughs> and ended up with a warning, by the way. Oh, wow. Uh, for 50 and a 45. But anyway, I, I just think that's a good way to handle it, Nige. Do they not- know, like, if they pull your license plate up on their screen before they... There's not anything... The information that would come back that would notify them that you have the gun, right? Ah, see, that's another fabulous question. When they run your plate, your registration, no. But a lot of officers will run your plate, see who the registered owner is, and then they will run the driver's license of the registered owner, which may or may not be the driver, right? I mean, it's just the registered right. owner. But if they run the driver's license, then they're told, without even asking, if a police officer runs a driver's license in Indiana, they are told immediately that they have a license to carry hand. That's why sometimes an officer will walk up to the window and just say, where's the gun? Okay. Really? Now, now that may also because my license plate says gun lawyer. <laughs> right. I don't know. <laughs> right. And you're known as the gun guy and your guy, Ralford. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 
It is Monday, gun day. Guy Relford with us, 2A attorney, firearms instructor, and the host of the Gun Guy Show here at 93 WIBC. So, Guy, in Jacksonville over the weekend, mass shooting, uh, manifesto left behind. Shocking, we got all the information of this manifesto out right away right. because it was very racially motivated, uh, somebody wanting to kill uh, African Americans. It happened at a predominantly African American uh, university. So take a listen to this. This is the Jackson County Sheriff, TK Waters, talking about who's really to blame here. Well, we have to stop people that have bad intentions. Guns, are, the, the story is always about guns. It's, the people are bad. This guy's a bad guy. If I could take my gun off right now and I lay it on this counter, nothing will happen. It'll sit there. But as soon as a wicked person grabs a hold of that handgun and starts shooting people with it, there's the problem. The problem is the individual. Now, guns are a tool that people use to do, do, do horrible things. But um, it's the individuals that, that wield these things. Your thoughts? Uh, it's so refreshing to hear that from law enforcement and to, to hear that it got a little bit of media coverage, because that's always the point. I mean, it's still offensive to me and frustrating to me to even hear the term gun violence. I mean, when do you hear the term knife violence or fist violence? Car violence. Or car violence. I mean, it, you don't. It's like everybody wants to tie it um, to their political agenda, which is to demonize the the instrumentality rather than the the evil intent and the you know the the flawed heart of the of the person committing the crime and the fact that a law enforcement officer would stand up and, and to say what he said and something I've been saying for thirty years um, and it falls on deaf ears too many times is is just really really refreshing to me um, because there's no such thing as gun violence uh, there's there's violence and um, exactly as he said a, a gun is just an instrumentality it's a tool it has no soul. No such thing as good guns or bad guns. It all comes down to, to whose possession um, that gun is in and what their intent is. And uh, and I, I was I loved hearing that. I mean, it means a lot to me that he was willing to say that publicly. So I want to get your uh, attorney hat on here, your two A attorney hat yeah. here. A Massachusetts judge has ruled against the idea that carrying guns across state lines is unconstitutional. Well, this is huge. And, and what this was is, is a guy who um, lived in New Hampshire, and he could legally carry in New Hampshire, but he crossed the line into Massachusetts. And he got pulled over, was found with a, with a handgun, and he didn't have a Massachusetts uh, license to carry. And so he was prosecuted for that. And in that case, and this is just the trial court level, um, his lawyer very, very smartly brought an argument to say, hold on, under the new Supreme Court decision, this is a decision you guys and I have talked about a lot. It's new Bruin, York, right? Yeah, Bruin. It's New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin. And it says that to be sustainable under the Second Amendment, it's all based on the text, history, and tradition. So does the text of the Second Amendment cover the activity? If the answer is yes, then in order to say, that making that activity illegal is constitutional, the state then has the burden of showing it's consistent with the history and tradition of regulation of that right. And so what they said is, you know what, and this is one judge in Massachusetts, but what he said was, you know what, I can't think of another constitutional right that you lose simply by crossing a state line. 
from from one state right. to the other. You don't lose your freedom of speech because you drive from Indiana to Illinois. Exactly. And you know, or any other constitutional freedom. And since this guy didn't have a license to carry in Massachusetts, he's now looking at a felony. And 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 the judge said, "No, that's not okay." And he said, "Based on this and and by the way, the city the state of Massachusetts couldn't go back and say, "Oh no, this is consistent with how the the second amendment has been regulated throughout the history of this country." The the whole licensing scheme and saying, "Oh no, we don't recognize this license or that license you can't carry in our state is not consistent with the regulation, the tradition of regulation of Second Amendment rights in this country, going all the way back to the founding. And on that basis, and I, I, I read this, and I said, oh my God, he's dead on. He's absolutely correct. This is the right analysis under Bruin. Now, it's just one judge in Massachusetts. But the reason I got excited about it is I said, this is the right analysis. And if this keeps going, if this goes up through the appellate process, if similar cases get decided in a similar way across the country, this could literally end the idea that I can't carry my gun in Illinois or New York or New Jersey or California because my constitutional rights don't end at their state line. And uh, so it's just one it's just one judge in, in Massachusetts of all places, uh, but it's exciting because I think this is the way that, that the law is going to develop in that area. If anybody wants to continue this conversation, get training from you, or ask any questions, how do they reach out? Yeah, hit me up on Twitter, man, I'm, or X, I guess. But, but uh, I'm trying to... Uh, grow that following so at guy at guy relford on twitter follow him love him stalk him <laughs> he's the best in the business guy thank you thanks guys it's the hammer and nigel show